everyone, and welcome to the Magic Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Cohen, and as always, I am joined by the head coach of Magic Gaming, Jonah Edwards, and today we welcome one of the stars of Thursday's thrilling win over Kingsguard Gaming, DJ Bama. Thanks for coming on, guys. Really appreciate it. And, you know, what a series it was uh, to recap what went down, and even before I go over some of the details, I will say that that was one of the more riveting victories I've seen in the past three years of Magic Gaming. Just a really exciting series, the way the team came back from big deficits and to respond after that big game two loss, I think was really impressive. Uh, so many times it appeared Sacramento was going to run away with it, but the resiliency and the composure of Orlando, they kept fighting, ultimately prevailed in three games. Uh, game one, uh, the Magic were down 11 in the third quarter. Uh, roared back and outscored the Kings by eight in the final frame to pull out the win. Uh, May, he was incredible uh, down the stretch. And I know, Jonah, we've talked about his composure in recent weeks, but he had a, a dunk, a key offensive rebound, and a huge game-sealing steal all in the final minute. Uh, that was critical. Game two, as I mentioned before, was all Kings. Uh, they ended up winning by 50. Uh, Bash was sensational with 40 points, and Yusuf Scarbs, who... I know you're good friends with DJ, uh, had uh, 22. Game three was very similar to game one. Uh, Sacramento was up 10 late in the third before Orlando stormed back again. And DJ turned into the hero of the night. Uh, Following a steal by Toxic, DJ converted on an N1 with 41 seconds left. That put the magic in the lead. Uh, Bash missed a shot right before the buzzer that would have tied the game. Uh, DJ, you finished with a team by 19 points and totaled 43 in the three games combined. So, Jonah, talk about your team's poise and fortitude to pull out that series win. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can't speak enough to that. Um, you know, I, I will say, Josh, that, you know, I, I, those deficits sound larger than they ever felt in the game. So even though though we were maybe down 11, uh, you know, in the third quarter, like you said, in game one, and, um, you know, we were actually down seven, I think, with about a minute 40 left in game three. I, I never really thought that that was a team we couldn't just make a quick run on. Um, you know, obviously, it was super important to us to keep these games close, not let them start running in transition. We saw what they can do in game two when they do that. So um, obviously, the, the composure and, and just, you know, uh, maintaining – you know, just the, the game's pace was was the biggest goal for us yesterday. One thing I noticed, DJ, throughout the series with the camera on you in games one and two, game three was broadcasted, obviously, on Twitch, but the announcers were not on the call. Uh, you showed excellent composure. Now, I'm not an expert on body language, but it was apparent to me that you were never rattled at any point during those games, either when the Kings had that double-digit lead in the second half of the first game or when they were cruising to their game two win. Talk about your poise and how you managed to remain in control throughout the series. Uh, our defense, like, I already knew our defense in that game would carry us. And, um, like, I, I knew, like, regardless of what results I was doing on offense, that the defense would always have my back. Tox, Robbie, Fusion, uh, Reed, all of them had a great defense in the half court. We just Our game plan was to keep them at half court because we knew their offense wasn't that great. And, uh, yeah, I, I really couldn't lose composure when I already knew our defense would have our back for my first game at point guard, which was a tough one. 
You know, Jonah, as a coach now for three seasons in this league, I'm sure you've seen just how important it is for players to stay composed even when things aren't going their way. You know, just like in regular sports, when shots aren't falling in basketball, let's say, or or passes aren't being completed in football, or maybe the bat isn't hitting the ball in baseball. These are just some sports examples. But it's very easy to get frustrated. And when things aren't going right, do you, do you often tell your players to quickly shake off mistakes or just simply ignore tough performances so they stay focused on you know the next possession or just simply the next game? Yes, absolutely. I think that, um, you know, obviously, Josh, last night, game two, no, no surprise there. Like, we, we got wrecked, right? And so the, the whole narrative in the second half of game two was not about game two anymore. It was about game three moving forward. Um, you know, it's always like kind of erase the last mistake and play. We'll talk about how what we should have done in that situation later or maybe next quarter and in our break, something like that. But right now we got to focus on our current possession. So um, always kind of that way. And, you know, I'll credit guys. I was actually having this conversation um, a couple days ago. But the reason I think guys like Bear to Beast are so good is because even in the, the high moments and the low moments, he never gets too high or too low. He he always seems composed, even though, you know, he maybe just hit the or made a huge play and the, the 2k league finals so um you know that that's a, a huge credit to guys like him and, and what makes you know specific players so great now you made some lineup adjustments for this series dj as you mentioned before you slid over to the one reezy played the two toxic was back to his normal spot at the three and profusion uh really excelled at the power forward spot of course may was still at center uh, jonah just talk about the decision to make those adjustments and how you you thought it went as far as the overall effectiveness and if it's something that you can see uh, moving forward with the same type of lineup. Yeah. So um, obviously, you know, after our last several losses, we we've been looking at, at ways to try to, to really to help Reezy out. I think at times it looks like he's kind of going through it and, you know, defenses are sending a lot at him and it, it's really, you know, they're throwing the gauntlet at him. So it was a huge uh, focal point for us to try to make it a little easier on him. And um, I think that there, there is no probably better option there to, than to, to move DJ to the one. I think Reed can still be himself on, on the build. He was at at, at shooting guard last night. So, um, though, though I won't say this is like what we're going to do forever. Um, I will say that it, it does seem to be something that we can build on. And, and Josh, I mean, even admittedly last night, um, you know, we, we, I think have three scrimmage blocks on this exact lineup. I mean, we lost against it to the Knicks and said, maybe we should just try this thing and went out there and ran it and just said, all right, let's just do this. And so we, we think this is something we can totally build on. We, you know, we beat a, a top team in this league um, through game plan, through togetherness, through maintaining the game, controlling the game. Um, and, and, you know, we think we can build on that for sure. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, you and I were talking, Jonah, after the series was over last night, and you brought up Crush and just how amazing of a defender he is. And I will say, you know, when the Kings made him the third overall pick in the 2020 draft, I was a little bit perplexed about it uh, just because it does seem somewhat rare for players that are mostly known for their defensive capabilities to go that high in the draft. But wow, uh, you are right. He may very well be the best defensive player the league has ever seen, not just this year. Uh, and he was guarding you, DJ, all night. So what were you telling yourself throughout the series to not let him irritate you too much, especially in those clutch moments, DJ? Uh, just try not to give him easy steals and like easy points for his point guard other side. Like 
I, I don't care how much he's stopping me on the other side. Just make sure that he doesn't get easy stuff for his team on the other side. That's that was just my main focus and main goal against him. Uh, like I, I was looking for opportunities as well, like to mix it up and like either attack the basket or just look for what's open. But my main goal is just make sure they don't get easy stuff on the other side versus crush. By the way, every time I see Bash and Crush playing, I don't know if it's just me, but I automatically think of early 90s WWE tag teams uh, like Legion of Doom, Demolition, and Powers of Pain. Briefly, actually, a member of Demolition was named Crush, so I guess that kind of makes sense. But uh, that's when they had three guys, Axe, Smash, and Crush. Anyways, I, I digress. Uh, but if you're a vintage wrestling junkie, you may know what I'm talking about. Uh, anyways, uh, so moving forward, what are the keys, Jonah, to build on this win? You know, you guys actually will play the Kings again during the tip-off tournament, which will take place next week. Uh, the Magic have the Kings and the Hawks in their group. Uh, pool play action will occur on Tuesday, June 16th, starting at 6 p.m. So, Jonah, you see this as a potentially season-shifting victory where now maybe you have some extra momentum and added confidence? Well, Josh, it, it sure is nice to, to break a five-game losing streak with how things have been. Um, obviously, there's no question uh, DT's absence hasn't been easy for us. He's an incredible player. So, uh, of course, that's that's a loss for us at the moment and um, obviously hoping to get him back when when things uh, make more sense for him and, and everything's great there. So um, that that's something we can, we can definitely look forward to as well. But, you know, I, I wouldn't say this is some win that's going to make our season, you know, turn our season around. I think that we have to focus in on every one game at a time. I, I definitely don't think, you know, all our problems are solved. Um, you know, we won last night, but we won games scoring 50 points and we can do that still. And we played to that game plan specifically against that against that team. But that style won't work against everyone. We still have to be a more complete unit in a lot of different ways. So um, definitely it, it's nice to get the win. It's something, you know, it at least proves that all the work we put in is worth it. Um, and obviously, you know, beating a legitimate probably top five team in the league last night goes to show that we can beat anyone in this league when we put it together. So, um, but, but something to build on for sure. Uh, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. You know, obviously we have the Kings next week. Uh, these, these wins uh, last night definitely still matter, but uh, they'll matter a whole lot less if we lose to the Kings next week. So obviously our, our focus is, is there on the tip off tournament on Tuesday. DJ, talk about your friendship with Yusuf Scarbs. I know Jonah was telling me that you have some background with him, maybe playing alongside of him on a, another team or maybe playing against him often. What exactly is the background there? Uh, I've been playing with Yusuf since 2K17 uh, in the 250K tournament and uh, rode to the All-Star, but uh, <laughs> that's basically been my relationship with him. I've been playing with him since then. Uh, we play every year on retail and this is my first year to play him in a 2K league since, well, this is my first year being in the league as well. Something we've uh, definitely learned, Jonah, is that you guys have had a really tough schedule early on. I mean, five of your six opponents currently are in the top 12 in the standings, including the Wizards and Jazz, who are combined nine and two. That also something you are telling your team that, you know, you're competitive against some of the elite teams in the league. Does that kind of give you a little bit of a boost as well, knowing that maybe the schedule will soften up to a degree and you've already played some of the more premier opponents already that have uh, taken place on your schedule? I mean, I think absolutely. Um, you know, with that being said, though, I still look at our schedule and I see some some 
great teams on it. So um, it's not so, yeah, like you said, it does to it only to a degree get a little easier. There are some games that are a little easier, but um, in general, Josh, I will say one of our issues I, th- I think seems to be the fact that we, we play to our opponent a lot. So um, if they're a great team, we're still going to be competitive with you um, despite you just being a great team. And um, you know, but if you aren't a great team, sometimes we're still going to play you close. And that just is um, something we really need to work on is kind of being able to, to take control of games and go on big runs. Um, I think we saw a bit of how we can take some runs and put them together last night. Obviously, um, you know, a huge credit of that is to Reezy and his ability to get some threes in transition for us um, in, late in those games and um, stuff like that. But obviously, if we can start putting those together in longer stretches or more consistently, like all of a sudden we're a team, I think that the teams may be a little more frightened of when they load up against us. Now, of course, what happens in the tip-off does not affect the regular season standings, but there's still plenty at stake. And it is a great opportunity for teams to continue enhancing their chemistry. Uh, DJ, do you feel like a good run in this tournament can lift you guys even more? Uh, For sure. I mean, we're taking this momentum from this game from the Kings. Like, of course, it's just one game, but we're taking this momentum into the tip-off. And if we can somehow make a deep run in this tip-off, it can be a great momentum for the rest of this regular season and future tournaments as well. How difficult is it, Jonah, when you have to play two different teams on the same night? Now, I know that's not uncommon under normal circumstances because when you're in the studio, that happens all of the time where you may have two different games on the same night against two different opponents. But that that essentially would be single games as opposed to a, a series. In the tip-off, you're going to be playing, if I'm not mistaken, you could correct me if I'm wrong, but based on the way I was reading, you'd play the Kings twice and the Hawks twice. Is that correct? That's correct. So okay. essentially, um, from from six to ten, we're playing straight. What I thought it was a little bit confusing in the release, but that's what I gathered from it. So as far as the preparation, based on the format, is it challenging to have to basically go over all these different details with two different teams and have to strategize over the course of a total of four games? It, it can be challenging, I think. Um, Though I, I will say, obviously, we know the Kings well, especially now. I, I felt like we knew them well prior to that. Um, and the Hawks are another team I think that we know pretty well. Um, we kind of understand their MO and, and where their spots are. So um, I think that with these, maybe these specific teams, it may not be so challenging for us, but um, I could see how it could be worse. I think I think the, the most challenging thing on our end is the fact that we're banging out four straight games. I mean, you don't get a break. There's not an hour for a sandwich. I mean, you don't get a moment so it's you know it's gonna be a lot like our scrimmage days are where it's just like four hours straight of games um which actually i think can benefit us i think that um when we sometimes we dumb things down we take some thought out of things um i think that actually can help us sometimes we i think oftentimes we try to overcomplicate and and we don't trust our instincts and i think that when we do that we're we're a little bit better so i could see how this could actually play into our hands as well thoughts on profusion i thought he was exceptionally good last night at the power forward spot just my own observation he hit that huge three-pointer with just under two minutes left in game one that that gave you guys the lead and you guys were able to hold on from there but just talk about his play over the last couple weeks but especially last night because I thought he looked really smooth he seemed really comfortable playing that power forward spot hitting those corner threes his defense seemed really strong just talk about his play and how he's evolving for you 
Yeah, I mean, I th- I thought he was great last night. Um, he exceeded expectations, I would say, defensively. Um, I think he made a couple big plays in game three, in my opinion, too. You know, he had one steal out of the corner, and it was literally moments after we had just talked to him about how to exactly play that possession. And the possession came, and he literally just got the steal, and it's like, like great job dude like you literally just like that's as a coach that's the perfect thing ever we call something out he sits on it he gets a steal and all of a sudden we're running the other way I mean that's a great huge play for us um obviously had the huge offensive rebound to end the game um in, in game three as well and yeah Reed, Reed sent him a steamer at the end of the first the first game uh, that he was able to knock down he he was a great shooter for us last night too and in moments where we needed threes badly he had the opportunity and to be honest Josh those are shots we haven't had um, for us, you know, I mean, those are shots we either have rimmed out or just haven't had good looks at, um, in a lot of these games that, you know, we were able to kind of turn some momentum back for us a little bit. And he was, he was a big factor for us. DJ, you know, you had that big N one late in game three, which followed toxics, critical steel. I'm just curious when those plays happen. So just to paint the picture here, if you didn't see it, but toxic swiped, I, I guess it was bash. I don't remember precisely, but I think he, he stripped away, uh, Bash, who was controlling the ball, got possession of it and then found you on the other end of the court and you were able to get the N1. Were you screaming, saying, I'm open, I'm open? Or did he have the awareness and instincts to know that you were already down the floor for that bucket? Uh, I think he just saw I was open and just hit me. Uh, I don't think I just <laughs> called it, called for it right there. Yeah, that was obviously a, a huge play. Maybe the play of the night. You correct me if I'm wrong, Joan. I, fe- I felt like if you're going to pick out one particular moment or possession or play that stood out the most and was the defining you know, moment as far as top plays of the night, if it, you had a ranking, I feel like that would be number one. Would you, would you say the same or was there a different moment or different play that stood out even more in your eyes? Yeah, I mean, I mean if, if it's not that one, it's, it's certainly up there. The other one that comes to mind is um... – is Reed um, had a transition against Crush and a one-on-one basically in transition and um, kind of played him, went to the deep corner and um, he- has he back and, and Crush jumped and he was able to get a green off um, off of his jump. And those kinds of plays are so hard to make and I think are are one of those things that if you don't really know the game, I mean, like Reed is is incredible at those things too. So I would say those two plays are, in my opinion, the, the top plays of the, of the game and we're both uh, late down the stretch in game three. Just going around the league a little bit, uh, the Raptors remained undefeated last night. They beat Blazer 5. What's up with Blazer 5, Jonah? You know, they've lost five straight now. They started off 4-0 and and now on a losing skid. I know they've played some really good teams during this stretch, so maybe that's part of it. But, you know, Mama Omnat Man still one of the best players in the league, if not the best. Uh, one Wild Walnut still one of the best centers. But why is it not clicking right now for them? You know, what's funny, Josh, is I actually think there are a lot that a lot of their issues are the same ones we were having, especially a month or so ago um, when we started our losing streak. And it's kind of, you know, if they lose game one, I don't think they're going to win game two. When they lose a game two, I don't think they're going to win game three. I, I don't know that they are the most composed group at the moment. And that's obviously um, not what you want to hear from that team. And I, I, I do think they're going to turn it around, but they're going to have to find a way to get some production. That's, a, that's different than Nadal, uh, Mama and, and Walnut. They're going to have to find someone that's going to step up and, and be able to make some plays for them. And until they do that, I think they're going to continue to struggle. I think it's too easy to, to go against a team that only has two options on this bill. And I think you need a third legitimate, good, solid option. And if you don't have that, I think you're, you're just going to struggle at times. Yeah, Scott and Dirk were talking about this a little bit during the broadcast last night. And in their opinion, 
the Kings and the Raptors are the two best defensive teams in the league, which I believe statistically might be accurate. If you had to pick one or the other as far as who has the better defensive squad, which would you go with and why? And I think, if I'm not mistaken, Dirk's analysis was that the Raptors are a better defensive team full court, while the Kings are a better defensive team in the half court. Uh, Would you agree to that? And also, do you think you guys can sneak into that conversation as being one of the best defensive teams in the league? Yeah, so I I would say the Raptors are I'd say that that that's pretty solid analysis by Dirk. I would say that's pretty true. That the Raptors have a pretty incredible press. Not to say the Kings don't. They they also do. Um, I will say I do think the Kings are probably better in the half court defense than the Raptors. I think the Raptors maybe over gamble at times. You can punish them. I think a little more than teams have. But also the Raptors are just so good to get threes in transition and off their turnovers, and that's really where they explode and and can score. But um, I mean, I'd I'd love to see us be a top defense again, Josh. I mean, obviously, you know how how much I focus on defense and how much our, our conversations are about defense. And, um, you know, I, I think that that's something that we can totally meet. Uh, we're we're going to still have to do a better job of forcing turnovers. We did a pretty solid job last night with that. But um, obviously, we we just thought we had the, the Kings really keyed in. So that, that's going to help us. Um but, you know, I, I would say that's the biggest hurdle for us is starting to force us turnovers and and make it so it doesn't feel like, you know, we're just a half-court defense. We're that full-court threatening defense like you're talking about with Toronto and Sacramento that makes them so explosive. DJ, any teams or players that has really impressed you in the early portion of the season just based on maybe what you didn't know about them going into the season or maybe they've shown some development over the last few weeks that has really caught your eye? And it could be either a, a full team or maybe an individual player. Probably, if I had to say, probably Chalk from the Nets. I was kind of surprised what yeah. he's done yeah. so far in the mm-hmm. league. Uh, he's been pretty incredible. And uh, probably the Jazz with uh, Splash. He's been hooping lately the last couple of games that he's played. Those are probably the two teams that surprised me so far this season. Hey, real quick, Jonah, if you had to rank – the three first rounds for each season, how would you rank them as far as just top to bottom talent pool, year one, year two, year three, first rounds of the draft? Do you have a do you have a sense yet of where each would rank if you were to put them in order? I know, you know, the the current group, the current rookies, I should say, uh, you know, they've been pretty dazzling statistically, but I don't know if necessarily the numbers justify them being number one just because the numbers are kind of outlandish. Maybe that's just based on the league build or just the way the style of, of the game. But do you have a feel yet of where you would uh, rank the three first rounds so far? Yeah, I, I would. I would still have uh, season one as the top. I still think that season one had by far the the most top end talent in it uh, that we're ever going to see in the league. Uh, just an explosion of of guys, and not just point guards. I, you know, I think this draft was super point guard heavy. Obviously, um, with, with great scores there and a couple good centers and stuff like that. But I think for the most part, season one is still the still the trump there. But um, you know, I, I would say season three seems to be more competitive than season two. Um, so far and that that really it could probably be a product of the fact that we're still in a remote play and um a couple of these rookies would not be favoring as well in person i can guarantee you um but obviously they don't have to go through that that challenge that hurdle yet so that that moment will come eventually for them though um but i I still think you know maybe the build obviously like you said josh is a bit of a factor too but uh I, i would give at the moment i would give uh season three the nod over season two and 
that's saying something considering season two still had BP, Vandy, Bayer, Reezy. I mean, that's our, just those four alone. And there, I know there's plenty more, but are some of the, the top point guards in the, in the league. Awesome. Well, that's about all the time we have for this edition. I uh, really appreciate the insight and analysis from both Jonah and DJ. And good luck to you guys in the tip-off tournament next week, which once again, as I mentioned before, will start on Tuesday, June 16th. Uh, the Magic will take on both the Kings and the Hawks, a total of four games. So f- amazing, four straight hours of Magic Gaming basketball. So that's going to be really exciting to stay tuned to. And once again, uh, continue to keep track of everything going on with Magic Gaming on the social media channels, the website, the NBA 2K League's website. We'll have you covered. So once again, thanks so much, and we'll catch you next time.